Letter seven of the Mirror of Kong Ho by Ernest Brahma. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Letter seven concerning warfare, both as waged by ourselves and by a nation devoid of true civilization, the aged man and the meeting and the parting of our ways, the instance of the one who expressed emotion by leaping. Venerated sire, you are omniscient and i cannot regard the fear which you express in your beautifully written letter bearing the sign of the eleventh day of the seventh moon as anything more than the imaginings prompted by a too lavish supper of your favourite shark's fin and peanut oil unless the dexterously elusive attributes of the genial spoken persons high in office at pekin have deteriorated contemptibly since this one's departure it is quite impossible for our great and enlightened empire to be drawn into a conflict with the northern barbarians whom you indicate against our will when the matter becomes urgent doubtless a prince of the imperial line will loyally suffer himself to pass above and during the period of ceremonial mourning for so pure and exalted an official it would indeed be an unseemly desecration to engage in any public business if this failed and an ultimatum were pressed with truly savage contempt for all that is sacred and refined it might be well next to consider the health even of the sublime emperor himself or perhaps better that of the select and ever-present dowager empress but should the barbarians still advance and setting the usages of civilized warfare at defiance threaten an engagement in the midst of this unparalleled calamity there will be no alternative but to have a formidable rebellion in the capital all the barbarian powers will then assemble as usual and in the general involvement none dare move alone and everything will have to be regarded as being put back to where it was before it is well said the broken vessel can never be made whole but it may be delicately arranged so that another shall displace it these barbarians less resourceful in device have only recently emerged from a conflict into which they do not hesitate to admit they were drawn despite their protests such incompetence is characteristic of their methods throughout not in any way disguising their purpose they at once sent out an army of those whom could be the readiest seized certainly furnishing them with weapons charms to use in case of emergency and three-coloured standards their adversaries adopting a white banner to symbolise the conciliation of their attitude and displaying both freely in every extremity but utterly neglecting to teach them the arts of painting their bodies with awe-inspiring forms of imitating the cries of wild animals as they attacked of clashing their weapons together with menacing vigour or any of the recognised artifices by which terror may be struck into the ranks of an awaiting foeman the result was that which the prudent must have foreseen the more accomplished enemy without exposing themselves to any unnecessary inconvenience gained many advantages by their intrepid power of dissimulation arranging their garments and positions in such a way that they had the appearance of attacking when in reality they were effecting a prudent retreat 
rapidly concealing themselves among the earth on the approach of an overwhelming force becoming openly possessed with the prophetic vision of an assured final victory whenever it could be no longer concealed that matters were becoming very desperate indeed and gaining an effective respite when all other ways of extrication were barred against them by the stratagem of feigning that they were other than those whom they had at first appeared to be in the meantime the adventure was not progressing pleasantly for those chiefly concerned at home with the earliest tidings of repulse it was discovered that in the haste of embarkation the wrong persons had been sent all those who were really the fittest to command remaining behind and many of these did not hesitate to write to the printed papers resolutely admitting that they themselves were in every way better qualified to bring the expedition to a successful end at the same time skilfully pointing out how the disasters which those in the field had incurred could easily have been avoided by acting in a precisely contrary manner in the emergency the most far-seeing recommended a more unbending policy of extermination among these one in particular a statesman bearing an illustrious name of two-edged import distinguished himself by the liberal broad-mindedness of his opinions and for the time he even did not flinch from making himself excessively unpopular by the wide and sweeping variety of his censure we are confessedly a barbarian nation fearlessly declared this unprejudiced person who although entitled by hereditary right to carry a banner on the field of battle with patriotic self-effacement preferred to remain at home and encourage those who were fighting by pointing out their inadequacy to the task and the extreme unlikelihood of their ever accomplishing it and in order to achieve our purpose speedily it is necessary to resort to the methods of barbarism the most effective measure as he proceeded to explain with well thought out detail would be to capture all those least capable of resistance concentrate them into a given camp and then at an agreed signal reduce the entire assembly to what he termed in a passage of high-minded eloquence a smoking hecatomb of women and children his advice was well pointed with a crafty insight for not only would such a course have brought the stubborn enemy to a realization of the weakness of their position and thus paved the way to a dignified peace but by the act itself few would have been left to hand down the tradition of a relentless antagonism yet with incredible obtuseness his advice was ignored and he himself was referred to at the time by those who regarded the matter from a different angle with a scarcely veiled dislike which towards many of his followers took the form of building materials and other dissensual messages whenever they attempted to raise their voices publicly as an inevitable result the conquest of the country took years where it would have been moons had the more truly humane policy been adopted commerce and the arts languished and in the end so little spoil was taken that it was more common to meet six mendicants wearing the honourable embellishment of the campaign than to see one captured slave-maiden offered for sale in the market-places indeed even to this day the deficiency is clearly admitted and openly referred to as the great domestic problem 
at various times during my residence here i have been filled with a most acute gratification when the words of those around have seemed to indicate that they recognize the undoubted superiority of the laws and institutions of our enlightened country sometimes it is true upon a more detailed investigation of the incident it has presently appeared that either i had misunderstood the exact nature of their sentiments or they had slow-wittedly failed to grasp the precise operation of the enactment i had described but these exceptions are clearly the outcome of their superficial training and do not affect the way my feeble and frequently even eccentric arguments are at length certainly moving the more intelligent into an admission of what constitutes true justice and refinement it is not to be denied that here and there exists a prejudice against our customs even in the minds of the studious but as this is invariably the shadow of misconception it has frequently been my sympathetic privilege to promote harmony by means of the inexorable logic of fact and reason but are not your officials uncompromisingly opposed to the freedom of the press said one who conversed with me on the varying phases of the two country and knowing that in his eyes this would constitute an unendurable offence i at once appeased his mind by no means i replied if anything the exact contrary is the case as a matter of reality of course there is no press now the all-seeing board of censors having wisely determined that it was not stimulating to the public welfare but if such an institution was permitted to exist you may rest genially assured that nothing could exceed the lenient toleration which all in office would extend towards it a similar instance of malicious inaccuracy is widely spoken of regarding our lesser ones is it really a fact mr kong exclaimed a maiden of magnanimous condescension to this person recently that we poor women are despised in your country and that among the working classes female children are even systematically abandoned as soon as they are born suffering my features to express amusement at this unending calumny i indicated my violent contempt towards the one who had first uttered it so far from despising them i continued with ingratiating gallantry we recognize that they are quite necessary for the purposes of preparing our food carrying weighty burdens and the like and how grotesque an action would be for poor but affectionate parents to abandon one who in a few years time could be sold at a really remunerative profit this indeed being the principal means of sustenance in many frugal families on another occasion i had seated myself upon a wooden couch in one of the open spaces about the outskirts of the city when an aged man chanced to pass by him i saluted with ceremonious politeness on account of his years and the venerable dignity of his beard thereupon he approached near and remarking affably that the afternoon was good though to use no subtle evasion it was very evil he congenially sat by my side and entered into familiar discourse 
they say that in your part of the world we old grandfathers are worshipped he said after recounting to my ears all the most intimate details of his existence from his youth upwards now might that be true truly i replied it is the unchanging foundation of our system of morality ay ay he admitted pleasantly we are a long way behind them furriners and everything at the rate we're going there won't be any trade nor work nor religion left in this country in another twenty years i often wish i'd gone abroad when i was younger and if i had chanced upon your parts i should be worshipped eh and at the agreeable thought the aged man laughed in his throat with a simple humour assuredly i replied after you were dead ah huh? exclaimed the venerable person checking the fountain of his mirth abruptly at the word dead not before doesn't doesn't that seem a bit of waste such has been the observance from the time of unrecorded antiquity i replied obey parents respect the old loyally uphold the sovereign and worship ancestors well well remarked the one beside me obedience and respect that's something nowadays and you make them do it our laws are unflinching in their application i said no crime is held to be more detestable than disrespect of those to whom we owe our existence quite right he agreed it's a pleasure to hear it it must be a great country yours a country with a future i should say now about that youngest lad of my son henry's the one that drops pet lizards down my neck and threatened to put rat poison into his mother's tea when she wouldn't take him to the military tournament what would they do to him by your laws if the assertion were well sustained by competent witnesses i replied it would probably be judged so execrable an offence that a new punishment would have to be contrived failing that he would certainly be wrapped around from head to foot in red-hot chains and thus exposed to public derision oh red-hot chains said the aged person as though the words formed a pleasurable taste upon his palate the young beggar well he'll deserve it furthermore i continued gratified at having found one who so intelligently appreciated the deficiencies of his own country and the unblemished perfection of ours his parents and immediate descendants if any should exist would be submitted to a fate as inevitable but slightly less contemptuous slow compression perchance his parents once removed thus enclosing your venerable personality and remoter offspring would be merely put to the sword without further ignominy and those of less kinship to about the fourth degree would doubtless escape with branding and a reprimand lord help us exclaimed the patriarchal one hastily leaping to the extreme limit of the wooden couch and grasping his staff into a significant attitude of defence what's that for our system of justice is all-embracing i explained it is reasonably held that in such a case either that there is an inherent strain of criminality which must be eradicated at all hazard or else that those who are responsible for the virtuous instruction of the young have been grossly neglectful of their duty whichever is the true cause by this unfailing method we reach the desired end for as our proverb aptly says do the wise pluck the weed and leave the roots to spread 
it's butchery nothing short of smithfield said the ancient person definitely rising and moving to a more remote distance as he spoke the words yet never for a moment relaxing the aggressive angle at which he thrust out his staff before him you're a bloodthirsty race in my opinion and when they get this door open in china that there's so much talk about out you go through it my lad or old england will know why with this narrow-minded imprecation on his lips he left me not even permitting me to continue expounding what would be the most likely sentences meted out to the witnesses in the case the dwellers of the same street the members of the household with whom the youth in question had contemplated forming an alliance among the many contradictions which really almost seem purposely arranged to entrap the unwary in this strangely underside-up country is the fact that while the ennobled and those of high official rank are courteous in their attitude and urbane frequently even to the extent of refusing money from those whom they have obliged no matter how privately pressed upon them the low caste and slavish are not only deficient in obsequiousness but are permitted to retort openly to those who address them with fitting dignity here such a state of things is too general to excite remark but as instances are well called the flowers of the tree of assertion this person will set forth the manner in which he was contumaciously opposed by an oblique-eyed outcast who attended within the stall of one selling wrought gold jewels and merchandise of the finer sort being desirous of procuring a gift wherewith to propitiate a certain maiden's esteem and seeing above a shop of varied attraction a suspended sign emblematic of three times repeated guild abundance i drew near not doubting to find beneath so auspicious a token the fulfilment of an honourable accommodation inside the window was displayed one of the implements by which the various details of a garment are joined together upon turning a wheel hung about with an inscription setting forth that it was esteemed at the price of two units of gold nineteen pieces of silver and eleven and three-quarters of the brass cash of the land and judging that no more suitable object could be procured for the purpose i entered the shop and desired the attending slave to submit it to my closer scrutiny behold i exclaimed when i had made a feint of setting the device into motion for it need not be concealed from you o discreet one that i was really inadequate to the attempt and indeed narrowly escaped impaling myself upon its sudden and unexpected protrusions the highly burnished surface of your dexterously arranged window gave to this engine a rich attractiveness which is altogether lacking at a closer examination nevertheless this person will not recede from a perhaps too impulsive offer of one unit of gold three pieces of silver and four and a half brass cash my object of course being that after the mutual recrimination of disparagement and overpraise we should in the length of an hour or two reach a becoming compromise in the middle distance 
well responded the menial one regarding me with an expression in which he did not even attempt to subdue the baser emotions you have come a long way for nothing and he made a pretence of wishing to replace the object yet i continued observe with calm impartiality how insidiously the rust has assailed the outer polish of the lacquer perceive here upon the beneath part of wood the ineffaceable depression of a deeply pointed blow note well the it was good enough for you to want me to muck up out of the window wasn't it demanded the obstinate barbarian becoming passionate in his bearing rather than reluctantly but with a courteous grace lessening the price to a trifling degree as we regard the proper way of carrying on the enterprise it is well said i admitted hoping that he might yet learn wisdom from my attitude of unruffled urbanity though i feared that his angle of negotiating was unconquerably opposed to mine but now its many imperfections are revealed the inelegance of its outline the grossness of the applied colours the unlucky combination of numbers engraved upon this plate the damn cried the utterly perverse rebel standing opposite why don't you keep on your compound you yellow peril who asked you to come into my shop to blackguard the things come now who did assuredly it is your place of commerce i replied cheerfully preparing to bring forward an argument which in our country never fails to shake the most stubborn yet bend your eyes to the fact that at no great distance away there stands another and a more alluring stall of merchandise where go to it then screamed the abandoned outcast leaping over his counter and shouting aloud in a frenzy of uncontrollable rage clear out or i'll bend my feet but concluding at this point that some private calumny from which he was doubtless suffering was disturbing his mind to so great an extent that there was little likelihood of our bringing the transaction to a profitable end i left the shop immediately but with befitting dignity with a well-founded assurance that you will now be acquiring a pretty precise and bird's-eye like insight into practically all phases of this country kong ho End of letter 7